Welcome back, guys. It's Anne Marie and Dr. Jamie with a very special guest that you guys already may know, Dr. Debbie. She's back by popular demand. <laughs> this is always very exciting for me because you guys know Dr. Debbie's my favorite human on the planet, and um, I, including my children, um, and I credit her. And then with, me. Uh, yeah, I mean, naturally. <laughs> um, and I credit her with so much of my own success and ability to. Uh, practice the way that I do. So um, Anne-Marie and I are always talking about things that we want to talk about on the podcast and bringing Dr. Debbie on is just so incredibly insightful for us because there's really not anything that we talk about that doesn't in some way, shape or form uh, become impacted by our mental health and the way we feel and all of those things. So without further ado, we are going to talk about something today. Um, it's kind of a buzzword. It's interesting because I actually never heard of it coined this way until Dr. Debbie said it to me. And when she did, I was like, oh, that's kind of genius. Um, and I will let Debbie introduce what it is. But we are today are talking about toxic positivity. Yep. Yes. Um, and I do want to say, thanks, Jamie. I, I didn't coin the phrase, but I'm <laughs> getting the, the credit. Nobody the knows phrase. that. We're just going to give you the credit. Okay. <laughs> um, so... Overall, toxic positivity is when we are not feeling well mentally, emotionally, and the people around us are telling us to buck up and feel better. And it became a huge, huge concept during this past year, during the pandemic, because we were bombarded with messages of utilize this time that we have and you know do the projects you've never done and get into shape and exercise and start meditating where most of us were gaining weight and out of our routines and feeling anxious or feeling depressed or feeling lonely and so a lot of people started talking about this and writing about this and and, I, and we think it's a great topic because it, it's pervasive. It doesn't just have to do with COVID. It has to do with everyday life of when you feel something and people dismiss it around you and what that feels like to be the recipient of it. And also to start to see where, even though we hate how it feels, we actually do it to other people. Unintentionally, um, but yeah, we definitely do it. It becomes part of the culture of like, just keep going. And yeah. I'm like, I don't want to keep going until they shut up. Yeah, you know, and I think the best way to address this is for each one of us to start sort of thinking about and talking about so that people that are listening can start to personalize it of like, when have they felt something that was dismissed by someone else and they were told to just buck up and keep going and they'll be fine, where that's not what they were feeling at all and what that felt like to each one of us. You know, and then I know I have examples and listen, I, I'm a shrink, I'm a psychologist. I practice all day, every day, self-awareness and being in touch with myself and trying to have empathy and plug into other people. And I find that I do it sometimes even to my clients or to people in my life. And when I catch it, I'm like, oh my God, that was terrible. I completely just missed what they were feeling. But so, at least you're aware of it and you are consciously trying to not do it, right? And yes, but what I'm saying is if I do it, there's no way that everyone that in the world's not doing it because I'm on top of myself more than the average human. So, yeah. so I have a question because yes. I always, I mean, it, as everyone that listens knows, I always, always want to go back to the root cause, right? For me, it's like, okay, this is what's happening, but why? So as you, as you talk about it, one of the things that comes to my mind is like, 
What are some of the reasons um, we as humans do that? Is we don't? Is it that we don't want to acknowledge the other person's suffering? Is it that it's uncomfortable? Like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I've definitely been the recipient, and I've also been somebody who does that to other people. And I'm trying to think, like, when are we more likely to do that? Yeah, that is actually one of the best questions I've ever gotten, my friend. Honestly, of course. <laughs> um, no, no, honestly, it's a really thoughtful question. Yeah. So, so the answer is twofold. Oftentimes, the the people around us that are in pain, we can't tolerate how we feel when they're in pain. So we and and you know, both of you are moms. So watch out for this with your kids. It happens a lot from parent to child because. You both know if your child's in pain, it's intolerable. Yeah. So oftentimes it's taught really young that just you want them to be okay. So you don't stay stuck in the, the hard feelings. You just want them to always be joyous and, and doing well. So that's- Yeah, you want to give them a perfect life, which is, I mean, that's very unrealistic, obviously. Yes, but you'll notice that when they're in the most pain, right, you can only be as happy as your happiest child. If they're in pain, you're in pain. So oftentimes we want people to be better way before they are. So that's a big reason we do it. Um, the other reason we do it is this thing called empathy of really being able to get to the shoes of another person. It's a lovely concept. It's very hard for people to do. You know, I, I must have said this on the last podcast. I say it probably every time I speak, you know, this thing, narcissism that I talk about, it's <laughs> not this selfish thing. It's we all as human beings, we're all spinning in our own orbits all the time. And we're just aware of how we feel, how things felt to us, what we're thinking. It's sometimes very hard to get into the shoes of another person. And so we dismiss other people's feelings all of the time because we're caught in our own. So it depends on the circumstance. See, I feel like I do the opposite, which is kind of my, and I find that it's an issue for me because I find that, that I want to be so empathetic and I really want to help my friend. And then I end up taking their grief on me. Yeah. Right, especially the people that are closest to me, I end up always like feeling their pain with them. And I'm like, wait, that's not helping. And I have constantly been trying to not do that, yet be a good friend and be supportive. And I've learned over the years that sometimes it's just be a good listener. And I joke to one of my best friends and she'll laugh because she knows exactly what she said something to me and she was talking and I go, you do realize that you ask me all these questions. You don't really want to know my answers. You just want to hear yourself speak to someone else. Like you're, I'm your sounding board, but you really do not give a shit what I told you and you will never follow my advice, but I'm yeah. here for that. And that's great. So I have learned to sort of figure it out, how to listen, be a good friend, be there. If you need me, have a shoulder to cry or laugh or whatever. And not take it personal because I think that was a big thing I used to do, and maybe it's getting older. And I've learned, and I think Jamie has helped me a lot with that. And just kind of like, I gotta take care of me because yes. if I'm not happy, if I'm not emotionally stable, how can I be tr trying to help everybody else around me, especially my child? Yeah, she's becoming a teenager and she loves me and hates me 20 times a day. <laughs> oh boy, is that what I have to look forward to? Oh my God. Um, I don't even get you know, it, it's interesting, like, of course, as we talk about this, like, you know, my go-to is always going to be to go back to the world where I see it the most. And if I'm thinking about, you know, some of our listeners who really have plugged in here because they're interested in figuring out wellness and health and body and, you know, it's, 
and you know, behind the scenes, Dr. Debbie and I have definitely talked about this culture of um, body weight acceptance, intuitive eating, and Anne Marie, you and I have talked about it on the podcast as well as as off the podcast. Um, but as you're saying it, I can't help but think of so many of listen, women. Not I'm not going to say men. I'm sure some men experience this, but like I'm dealing with mostly women who um, are struggling in this in this toxic positivity space for for the reasons of like they don't feel good in their skin or they don't feel good in the way that their body looks. And there's two messages out there: like either they're not good enough. And that's sort of, they're pushed into maybe a diet culture world, or you should just be happy that you look the way you look. You shouldn't want to have to lose just five more pounds. It. Like own, everybody keeps using that word, just own who you are, own what like, you yeah, love. Like, your, you don't love want to? your body. And I'm not saying you shouldn't love your body, but what I'm picking up on is that's what the world is saying. And then I'm meeting with these women who are like, everything is like, love your body. Don't, don't want to want it to change or want to lose weight or gain weight. Um, but then they feel even worse because now they feel judged for wanting something and then they feel, you know, um, bad that they want that. And, you know, and I guess I don't know that I have a point with where I'm going, but I'm just paying attention to as Dr. Debbie says it and I see it like, listen, you know, it's like that stupid comment and I'm going to say it's stupid when someone's like, oh, my leg hurts. And the other person's like, at least you have a leg, like go to hell. Right. Like that's like, just shut up because that's not even that's not what we're talking like so there's like that like blatant toxic positivity but we can almost dismiss that because it's so ridiculous but then there's like more of a subtle one and I'm interested Dr. Debbie in hearing you know how um what are some of the ways that you see people doing the sort of more subtle toxic positivity on a day-to-day basis do you think it got oh do you think sorry before you answer do you think also what you said it became more like a topic during COVID do you think it became more relevant during COVID because of the social media because everybody else had nothing to do but watch news watch Instagram watch Facebook and then that was all they had right so then everybody was comparing their own quarantine versions to each other I, well, yeah, I think that being quarantined in social media had a huge impact. I don't think it created it though. I just think that people sort of, it got funneled into one spot, you know? Um, You know, Jamie, interesting. I'm going to give you one tiny little um, antidote that just happened to me yesterday by two people. So um, I've talked about, I don't know whoever listens to me, wherever I go, but during, <laughs> during, during COVID, I put on like, I'm going to say eight to 10 pounds. Um, and, and it's been with me and I walk around jokingly. I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm so fat, but really I could not fit into my jeans. And I lost only four of the pounds, but I'm able to get into my pants again. I was very excited yesterday. And I told everyone who, who I know and two people said to me, oh, I kind of dismissed what you said. You know, you always look fine. To me. You look good to me. You're tall, you're statuesque. I couldn't tell you gained weight because they didn't respond to me. I was waiting for like a good for you. And they said nothing. I'm like, are you not going to comment that I said I'm in my jeans? And I was told that I've kind of dismissed what you've said. And I said, well, why would you do that? And they said, well, you always look good. You're tall. You know, I couldn't tell you gained weight. I'm like, but I've been talking about for a good solid year how uncomfortable I am because I can't get into my pants. 
And why would you dismiss that? That's how I'm feeling. Yeah,、right? they should be triumphing with you. They should be celebrating your goal, like your achievement. But I knew we were doing this today. I was like, that's toxic positivity, right? Like my feelings were completely dismissed, and that was from the empathy part of the program. They could have no empathy because what they see is different than how I feel, right? And I, I think、um, people like both of you, because of your body size and what you look like. Would get that all the time. People would never think that you were uncomfortable for one minute in your body, and they would dismiss it and judge it, right? I, I call I, it I the curse I, of being pretty and skinny. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like nobody I, ever thinks you get judged at all, or you get looked differently. I'm like, no, it's more of a curse than a blessing sometimes. Especially while you're growing up, you know, in high school and as a teenager, it's definitely yes. And so you've been the recipient a lot of this what toxic、yeah. positivity. You don't have the right to feel what you're feeling. I didn't think I would get it based on my body. It's not that I'm fat, but I don't look like the two of you. But lo and behold, I did because people can't get outside of themselves, and that's just a small example. And these examples happen all of the time. And what it does to the person on the receiving end is that you feel misunderstood. It feels painful. It feels angry, making, and you feel very alone and isolated in your feelings.、Um, and this is why people really caught on to this term over COVID because they were feeling so alone and isolated in their feelings of not being able to really come through this pandemic with anything to show for it, other than I went through a pandemic and it sucked. Yeah, and everybody sort of started, you know, the people that immediately felt judged by whatever decision they had made, whatever they were doing during COVID, that was not okay by their other peers, right? So、yes. everybody sort of started hiding what they were doing, and they, you know, they would like, you know, they wouldn't tell you they were drinking a lot, they wouldn't tell you they were like binge eating a lot, that whatever they thought would be judged, then everybody sort of started hiding it. They stopped sharing. They stopped talking about their feelings, and then they became more depressed, right?、Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah, a very it's、so、vicious cycle. It's and listen, I mean, I am thankfully and honorably privileged to、uh, speak to both of you on a daily basis, and and speaking so much with you know Dr. Debbie, you've taught me actually some ways, and I think this is important for our listeners、um, to actually ask for. What you need by asking somebody not to do that, and then I had an interesting experience of it yesterday, which I'll share. But like,、um, sometimes, so all of our listeners, like if I'm in a conversation with Dr. Debbie, and she's the most wonderful person, but she's also also challenging because she she comes to the table with all of her feelings. So, you know, there'll be times where she you know is feeling something, and I'll go to fix it or solve it or make light of it, and you'll be like, no, I just need to feel this. Like. I don't need you to solve it. I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to say anything. I just need to feel it. And probably the first or second time I ever experienced that, I got like, oh God, like what would we do with that, right? And now it's so nice because I know that like you are able to just say like you can express to everyone, this is how I need to feel right now, and like I just want to say it. Like I don't actually want you to like tell me I'll feel better or tell me I'll feel worse. Like I just want to say it. And I say that to all the listeners because I think we can all take a page out of that, which is like. We can't stop other people from presenting them their toxic positivity onto us, but we can actually say, 
well, I know you're trying to make me feel better, but actually right now I need you to, to not make me feel better. I need you to just listen. And it's interesting because um, that would be an interesting conversation because I feel like a lot of people would feel even more uncomfortable by you telling them that. Yeah, like, I can well, only I imagine like, certain people time. in my life. Yeah, like, the first time. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to like, they'll, they'll be so confused. They're like, I was trying to be positive. I was trying to be empathetic. And now you're shutting me out. Well, the first time Dr. Debbie ever did it to me, I like sat on my hands and I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What? You know, and then I'm like, oh, but this is like, this is really good, Jamie. Like, sit here for a second. She's telling you what she needs. Like, and then interestingly, last night I finally had the opportunity to have dinner with a very close friend of mine here in my town. And she's been going through something really challenging. And we sit down to dinner, and literally the first thing she says to me, she's like, do me a favor, don't present me with any like life is great bullshit. Like, I just am having a really hard time and I need somebody who's gonna suffer with me for like the next 20 minutes. I was like, okay, let's suffer. And like, she did it in a funny joking way, but she basically asked me to not empathize with her in a way that I'm trying to make her feel better, but to empathize by like, I guess being in the trenches. Sometimes that and, is what you need. Just somebody right. to be miserable with you. And so, and so, you know, listening to, to you, Dr. Debbie, talk to all of us about it. like. I think it's also interesting because the listeners don't know that while you're saying it, you experience it, you also can teach us a language around how to ask people not to do it. Yes, yeah. I think, yes. Yeah, well, first of all, Jamie, um, Dr. Jamie, <laughs> thank you for saying that because it, it's really true that I actually live what I try to teach people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's um that's the proof in the pudding and it isn't always easy but i i do live the way i teach and and that's why it works um and it's really more more than anything else it's figuring out what you need and being able to communicate it and not worry like a lot of people don't a know what they need because they're not honed into their own emotional world And this is especially the people who are the caretakers of the world, which I think I'm talking to two, we're all three, that those people um, on this podcast. And then not fearing what the other person will think of you once you put out what you need. Like if you're so afraid of them being mad at you or hurting their feelings, that also stops people from expressing what they need. So, you know, the way your friend did last night or when those these two people dismissed my my stupid little four pound weight loss, I immediately said, well, I don't like how that feels. Please don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. dismiss feeling, right? So yeah. it, it can, it's just about having a voice and Anne-Marie talked earlier about and being able to set boundaries for yourself and with yourself. And, and also, Anne-Marie also said earlier, like people don't do this consciously aware. It's not a malintended thing when people yeah. try to make you feel better. So keep that I mean, in mind. there are some people that are like that, just <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. That is know? not what we're talking yeah. about. And I, I think mostly, most people don't do it to hurt you, especially the people no. that love you. But if you're the recipient of it and you feel so wounded, you have to remember this person loves you. So just tell them how you feel. They're not trying to hurt you. But as we all know, the people that we love the most and we're closest to, inadvertently hurt our feelings all the time because they don't realize they're hurting our feelings. And then we can sort of withdraw and be upset, but that doesn't help things at all. Um, I have a friend, I have a very close friend who loves to say, just like, be positive. You have it all, good vibes. And like, 
if he were ever listen to this he would he's not going to so whatever but the people listening will know <laughs> and i will tell him after that i spoke about this and sometimes i just look at him and i'm like shut up like i'm like i will be there but right now i want to feel x y and z and like you know they really have the best intentions and they and they keep trying to like show you what you have and how lucky you are and i'm like that's okay i know i'm better than this group of people but that's not helping me right now mm-hmm. and that's to me like where i would like to figure it out like how do we show like how do we teach people to understand that that sometimes like wh- what are like i don't know what's the quick secret to like start teaching people slowly to change that behavior because it's only it's going to help us and it's going to help them right it's like a well we've already answered that it's just about doing it one piece at a time every time you know so when people are like it's all good positive vibes like there's something inauthentic about that because it's not all good and it's not all positive vibes okay yeah it is dismissive of you know as human beings we are feeling 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We're just not aware of it. We have defenses and we're blocked. And we're not only feeling joy, we're feeling sad and we're feeling anger and we're feeling frustration and we're feeling peace and you know, that we're supposed to have all range of emotions all the time. And I think it's about having a voice like we just said every single time he does it. You have to say, you know, I know you love me and you mean well, but it actually doesn't feel good because you're missing. You know, every human being on the world will understand because we, we all seek to be understood and seen. And, and there's not And then yes. And and there's not a human being listening who's not going to understand what it feels like to be misunderstood. So if you're in an emotion that doesn't feel good and someone tells you to feel good, it's yeah. a complete it's a complete miss and and it's painful. So you just have to say that actually hurts when you say it because I don't feel that way right now. It's so interesting. I'm reading this book um and it has to do with raising children. Um and one of the things that it talks about is meeting your child with emotion instead of logic. Right? And it was so fascinating for me to hear this. They were like if your kid is throwing a temper tantrum because the sky is not orange you don't say to them well why would you ever throw a temper tantrum the sky's not orange the sky is always blue right like they're in an emotion and they need to be met with an emotion not met with logic and so you would say oh man that might be disappointing that the sky is not orange bummer right like maybe we could paint an orange sky the way we vision whatever it is however you want to think but like it it's it's from like the earliest experiences of childhood to not negate how they feel by giving them a logical answer and as you were literally just saying to Anne Marie I'm like that's the grown up version of this like people are experiencing how they feel Dr. Debbie says I'm so excited I lost 4 pounds and the person on the other end of the text message is like you didn't need to lose it that's not it, she was in an emotion and they 
they messaged you with a logic like you didn't see the puerto rican and maybe would be like well you and i will not be talking for the next couple of weeks bye (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you might hold a little bit of a grudge just a little bit i mean i'm getting better at not holding grudges and just letting go but that one mm, (laughs) you're going in my other box you're not in box a right now (laughs) you're going to box b but if you just say i didn't like how that felt and the other person goes oh my god i'm so sorry yeah it's over. There's it's no over. Regrets. No more no, bad feelings. The, the softy and Marie, if she says that to that person, then I'm going to feel worse. That's the mm. issue for me. See, well, we gotta, we've got to toughen up softy and Marie. See, like, I'll she be has- like, oh, I would be like, oh, crap. Like, she was mean. And then I said I didn't like that. And now she's sad. And now I'm double sad. <laughs> I think we just found. I think we just found ten more podcast episodes. Anne Marie and Dr. Debbie take on. <laughs> and Anne Marie, I'm going to say to you, say how you feel, and then you live through what it feels like to disappoint somebody. Oh God, that is. Uh-huh. I'm going to need a lot of sessions on that because disappointing <laughs> people. I mean, that is just definitely not my thing. I am a people pleaser, and I, I know, I know it's a good quality sometimes, but I feel like it's it works against me more than it helps me for my own personal life. Oh yeah, no, you being a people pleaser is always ultimately detrimental. Yeah. And it's always because you're putting other people's needs before your own. And it's always because yeah. you don't want to hurt them, upset them in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I don't know the reasons why for you, but they're yeah. there. Yeah. And your probably biggest task in life is to start saying no and start putting your needs first and yeah. to get through sort of whatever you're afraid of feeling on the other side. I have been doing that right now with the current situation. And like, I think about it all day and night. Like, I think, you know, like I- think you didn't become a shrink because you wouldn't function. That is terrible. (laughs) By the way, like, no. I'm very, I'm a very practical friend. I am a very like, I show up physically for you. I show up, like I show up, I am there. I. I'm a doer like you know there's a situation I fix the situation like I want to say from like the most practical way and from like the most like materialistic way I don't know how to say that like Mm -hmm. you know if somebody's going through something I'm like I'll cook for you I'll help you clean I'll help you like I'll do all those things right but I'm definitely not like the emotional like I was having a conversation I'm trying to think the other day and I said, I'm so sorry you feel this way. I don't know what to say, but I'm here and I really don't have the answer, but I love you. And like, I was super honest. Like, I just, I was like, I don't have the best advice for this. That's you know, you like it, it is what it is. Like, I'm like, I'm not a professional. You definitely need a therapist. I did say that. You That's know? Good. <laughs> I mean, I can point out certain things and I can always, as you both know, I'm very good at finding you the person to help you. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 You're like the air traffic controller. Like everybody's getting where they need to go. Yes. Nobody's crashing. All that. <laughs> oh uh, God, I like that. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it's interesting because you know you're you're actually vocalizing what Dr. Debbie is saying. So many people do, right? So like we're seeing it in real time. Like you're you're expressing your own participation in either being the recipient or the or the yeah. giver of not wanting to feel other people's pain or yeah. you know what I mean so we're yeah. seeing it unfold in real time because I'm not showing it um in my conversation I'm more you know just matter of fact because that's who I am as a human 
<laughs> yeah. a hard nut to crack, right? And and I've learned a lot and shared those examples by way of what I've learned from Dr. Debbie. But Amory, I think it's really first of all, thank you because I think it's hard to say those things. But also, I think you're showing us and everyone listening, like, man, these are hard things to think. Like when we think about who we are as a human, like these are hard things to think of disappointing someone and to think of telling someone we're disappointed. Forget it. I'm out of here. It's like yeah. those are hard. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I've learned and I think partially my husband has taught me a lot of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and he does listen, so sorry. But, um, you know, I think that he's always says to me, like, especially like in business, he goes, this is business. And I go, I know, but I don't know how to separate it. Like, yeah. I'm all in. I'm all or nothing. That's another thing, right? Like, I'm all in or I'm not. So I would like to definitely find the balance where I could you know not let the emotion my emotions get in the middle of business and know that it's just business this is not personal and then vice versa with my personal relationships handle them differently so you know I mean I've been told this from him so many times he's like and he's like you'll learn as you get older you'll figure it out you'll you know it's so interesting you say that though because I think I don't know that I've ever in my entire life ever said to another human this is business it's not personal because i i don't know that i could separate them but i think yeah, it's an he's interesting very doing that he can really set but i think as i'm not trying to be like sexist here but i feel like men are a little yeah better at doing that something maybe in their genetics the way they're built they're just feel different about certain things and it's fascinating like i just like I envy that being able to just like be so like down, like down the middle and like separate it. But then at the same time, I'm like, I go back when I'm like, well, maybe you should feel more. <laughs> well, I, I actually don't think it's a gender thing. I work with too many men who have the same stuff. Okay. Um, and it's, and it's, but it's really more about, listen, you, your personal shows up in the business, right? When people are triggered, when people are angry, when people are upset by something at work, it's always an, a trigger inside of you that is personal. I do this kind of work with people all the time. So um, it's, it's just a matter of recognizing what's being triggered and not acting it out in the business side. Um, yes, I agree. That, that's I, really by the way, I think that is where he's coming from. Maybe I'm just yes. not getting it that way because yeah. I'm coming from my husband. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. He, I, I think he's sort of telling me like manage it. Manage like, it. Yes, exactly. be emotional, but don't react. Don't be reactive to it with those people. Maybe come to me or call your girlfriend and yell about it, but just don't let that emotion show in, in your business dealings, I guess. 100%. That's correct. There you but go. Thank you for clarifying my Puerto Rican slash yeah. husband relationship. <laughs> yes. I mean, because men, men have feelings too. They might behave them differently, but they're there. Believe me. Yeah. yeah. They are there. Well, I guess it also is how you were raised, right? And like in my house, you know, we were all allowed to feel our feelings. Yes. Every, every, everything that we are is based on how we're raised. So for you, for Jamie, for me, for anyone listening, um, anything that we're talking about, start doing the work for yourselves, go back, look at childhood, mother and father relationships, all formed there. And then we continue it out into present day. But, you know, just to sort of get back to the root, what we're talking about is feeling misunderstood when we're in a feeling and people don't recognize that feeling and learning how to express what we need so that we can have our needs met a little bit more um, and not have to walk around in the pain and the loneliness and the misunderstood feeling that we all walk around with. 
So interesting. I mean, I know we're about to end, but I just can't help but think of how much this, uh, it, it's sort of pervasive in, in my work, in my field, right? Like people who, your same experience from yesterday, people who be like, I know I've been doing good. I know I've lost weight, but I still feel X, right? And then to sort of be dismissed or um, not feeling good enough. And Anne-Marie, you and I have talked about it in, you know, it's easy to think that somebody who's, you know, a supermodel feels beautiful all the time. And you've had to tell me like how challenging it can be to walk in the room and be dismissed and not be allowed to feel because you should just feel happy because you're beautiful. So like, yeah, that's it. Like, in, and, like You look like this, you have yeah. no other rights to feel any other way. Yeah. And so you might even experience it as much or more than some people just by way of like, you're, you, you know, you're in the room you're being paid to be in the room because you're beautiful. So you shouldn't, there shouldn't be anything wrong. Like you, we've talked yeah. about experiences where like, it's assumed that you're happy because yeah. outwardly you have, you know, um, and, and anyway, just to bring it all back, I think, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we brought you on Dr. Debbie, because we talk so much about, you know, our, how we feel and health and wellness. And like, I don't think that we talk enough about some of the reasons why we feel what we feel in health and wellness like some of the reasons why we don't feel good enough in our body or why we don't feel pretty enough or um we talk about it from like you know the supplement the diet the life this and that but like today we you know sp uh, speed past to the layers of the onion to get to like a much deeper reason of why and with toxic positivity just i think the take home for me here is that one pay attention to why you might be doing it to somebody else right like yeah why would they do it to me because they don't want me to feel my pain and that's why I might do it to them and two is I guess the the answer the resolution the approach probably is the better word is like we are allowed to come to the table and just say like my friend did to me last night like just meet me here for 20 minutes like meet me in the trenches yeah throw some f-bombs around with me I don't want to hear anything happy like I just need to vent this is a really hard time yeah and like that was it done right and then there was no feelings hurt by it and so I don't know I think this was really awesome I think one last, I'm like, one last thing before I finish I think that one thing I've learned to do especially like during COVID I think that I and Dr. Jamie and I talked about this um you know when you are receiving it not just from like a friend directly like on a one-on-one -on -one, but when you're receiving it from social media I highly recommend that you really like look into the people that you are following and admiring and looking up to and you may just be following the wrong people that are making or maybe you're drawn to toxic positivity maybe right maybe you're some drawn. people are drawn and like to I what I did was like I just kind of muted all those sort of people in my in my social media because then of course the nice hammer is like I don't want to unfollow them and that way <laughs> that way I wasn't like you know because I like to go through it and it's part of my business to go and scroll through the screen every morning and see what's happening and answer messages and find my new beauty methods or whatever it is and this those certain like you know influencers were just kind of like putting me in a mood immediately and I'm like you know what I'm just gonna like sort of like mute you for a second and not let you affect my moment with my you know where I'm looking for inspiration right so I think that's super important like step back a little bit limit those that exposure to those things but I think first you have to identify what who and what those are yeah, well, you guys have segued into a sort of sister um, 
the issue of sort of compare and contrast and then how you start to feel bad about yourself based on other people. A client uh, showed me this great quote. It said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I absolutely yes. love that. I would always say, don't compare you, you know, compare you to you, don't compare yourself. But this really encapsulates it. And it, it's really true. But it, the, the places where it is the thief of your joy is an introspective moment of triggering something that you're not feeling good enough about yourself inside. And then you can sort of figure out, is that something you want to work on? Or you just, you know, it is great to block the people that are making you feel bad, of course. Yeah, temporarily, but, they can come back and, you know. Yeah, but it is very hard to live in this world and not compare and compare and compare and contrast. And then every any anything that is missing for someone at any moment in time, you'll then feel bad about yourself. So yeah. it's, it's difficult, but yeah. that is a sister issue of toxic positivity. But Anyway, guys, you know, I, I think that this was great. I mean, it just scratches the surface, oh. but I hope that they can get people thinking about ways in which they've experienced it and how it's been hurtful and what they can do to combat it. And then yeah. look out for when they're doing it to other people because yeah. you know how bad it feels. Yeah, just feel a little bit more conscious. Well, well there thank you, you have Dr. It. Debbie. Toxic positivity. I mean, yes. And as always, until next time, like, I feel like now we have so much to talk about. Yeah, but. you're stuck with us. I mean, you're stuck with us anyway, but you're like really stuck with us now. Well, I am happy to be stuck with you. <laughs> so to be works. continued, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.